Well, I greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome. We're here to give praise and honour to his name. Just before we begin the message, and the title of the message this morning is God has not given us a spirit of fear. And that's a Bible verse. And so the message is shaped around that. But there's a wider thing that we need to look at. And that is that we have a vision, we have processes, and we have tasks that are leading up to us doing our outreach in this particular year. And so there's a verse that says, where the people lack vision, they fail, or words to that effect. So we need to be fully signed up to the vision. But when we sign up to something that we don't know a lot about, have a guess what? Fear rises. So today, hopefully, this message will give you some encouragement about fear, because I think all of us, in one way or another, are affected by fear. I could have also called this message Faith versus Fear. One love. And the word love is used euphemistically there, but you'll see how I will hopefully build the message in such a way that you'll understand that perfect love casts out fear. So I'd just like to begin by reading you a short verse from the uh, Hebrews 11, which is the chapter on faith and the heroes of faith. And this is what it says in the old King James. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now, that word elders is quite interesting because it can be interpreted presbytery, it can be interpreted as the ones that have gone before us, and it can be also interpreted as the ones who are already in glory. They got their good report through faith. So we've got a lot to look forward to in faith. So one of the challenges we often face in life is fear, and that fear has many shapes. If you think of any of the many forms, life forms on, the, on this earth, there are likely to be uh, someone who has a fear of a particular thing or situation. And I think we can all identify with that. Some have a fear of heights, some have a fear of flying, or of all types of animals or reptiles, such as snakes. <coughs> My fear is spiders. <laughs> and uh, as much as I've tried to overcome that fear, there's still a residual thing about spiders. And now that fear is not necessarily unfounded. And I don't mind if you have a laugh at my expense. As when I was a little boy visiting my grandfather's house in the late 1940s, my brother and I needed urgently to go to the toilet at night. And we had to go to the old-fashioned outdoor loo. Some of you can identify with this. All was proceeding quite well by torchlight until a spider ran across my rear end protruding through the wooden seat. That, I, I just knew that there'd be somebody that, that thought that, that was funny. That was the point where sheer panic set in and two very small boys came rushing and screaming out of the toilet. I have since learned 
that the, the name of that fear is arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Now, even though I can name the condition, every time I see a spider, particularly a large hairy one, the fear rises up. But I'm not alone, for there are over a hundred phobias recorded for every imaginable fear. Just a few are listed in the overhead presentation for your enlightenment. And you might be able to identify with one or more of those particular fears. There's, as there's over 100, I don't intend to show all 100, but I just wanted to show you that it's not uncommon to have a fear of some particular thing. Now, fear, I, I, I like particularly the last one, pantophobia. It's a morbid fear of everything. So, <laughs> that, that's the all-encompassing fear. Now, fear can be a healthy attribute because it can be a warning signal alerting us to some potential danger. However, when fear is a constant in our thoughts, we can become crippled in our thinking such that we may not operate at our full potential. Fear can blind us to the reality around us. It also has the potential to blind us to spiritual truths. There's a, a memorable story in the Bible about the disciples in fear, in a boat, in a storm. Now there's something to be fearful about. That story is found in today's Bible reading and we're reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And this is what it said. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side and leave in the crowd that took him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with them and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on a cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and he said, and said to one another, Who is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? So we really need to be able to identify fear. Firstly, the Bible instructs us that fear is a spirit. This spirit can be very powerful and can take over our life if we allow it to do so. So the good news is that this spirit does not come from God, for in 2 Timothy 1.7 we read, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a sound mind. Fear is the element that has the most detrimental impacts on our faith. It erodes it away. Now that's a big statement to make. Why? When we are confronted with choices in life, we tend to measure our self-worth or value by how we are accepted by our peers or by social norms. We can become afraid that we will not be accepted by the in-crowd. 
and thus we're prone to make decisions that can be fear-based rather than biological or moral precepts. But how do we actually identify fear? For the disciples in that storm-tossed boat, the answer was blatantly obvious. They were afraid that the boat would be swamped, they'd be tossed into the sea and likely drowned. They were afraid for their lives. Being on board an aircraft, as I've been, when the captain says, a brace for landing, would have a similar effect and will cause fear immediately to rise in your life. As dramatic as these examples might be, there is a more subtle form of fear that we must be able to identify, and that form is often so subtle we fail to see the threat underlining it. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, issued a warning that truly applies to how we should be aware of subtle threats that will ultimately lead to fear or catastrophe in our life. <coughs> Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It would seem that some of the things that lead us into fear are part of Satan's many ploys to deprive us of God's peace and joy in our life. Paul warns us that it is not necessarily the actions or events of daily life that will lead us into problems leading to fear, but the subtle workings of Satan and his demons. So when we become afraid, we need to do a quick holiness check and ask ourselves, are we walking in God's righteousness? Is there something in this particular circumstance that is not completely right in God's sight? As a believer, you, would, you should trust your conscience to give you a prompt if things are not right. Having been prompted, one needs to take action. Next week? The week after? No, immediately. Just, uh, I used to have a thing called arrow prayers, as I've probably bored you witless sometimes before. I used to be a consultant, and quite often, when you're working in the, the rarefied air of government in Canberra, things got pretty difficult. And I had this thing called an arrow prayer, and I would go, boom, send up a prayer. I'd say, Lord, give me wisdom. How do I answer? How do I address this issue? And he never let me down. Always came up with an answer that might not necessarily have been the perfect solution, but it actually addressed the issue. And that's what God will do for you. Send up an arrow prayer when you're in that situation where you need to hear from him. Now, having been prompted, one needs to take action immediately, as we've said. Command the spirit of fear to leave you in the name of Jesus, because it's not of God. And there's a biblical precedent for that, which we'll come to. So, the good news is that there is an antidote for fear. Simply, you get rid of fear in your life by replacing it with faith. When faith comes in, fear goes away. Fear leaves when faith comes. They can't dwell in the same space. When we come in faith to Jesus Christ, the love of God enters into our life in an amazing way. John 
4 verse 18 says this it tells us about the power of the love of Jesus in our life and this is what it says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment he who fears has not been perfected in love now I don't see that perfection statement as being a criticism I see it as a perhaps an encouragement you need to do more to be more in line with God's teaching and in line with what he wants for you because God is a faith God and the faith he gives is a divine gift we receive the gift of faith when we come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and and God gives to each one a measure of faith the scripture says Paul tells us in Hebrews that it is actually impossible to please God without faith and the reason is because God is a God who works by faith. Everything he does depends on you believing him by faith. I repeat, God works by faith. Just as God works by faith, the devil works by fear. You're starting to see the the uh, arrangement here you know that there are in one bible translation there are 365 times in the bible where we're told fear not jesus said over and over again fear not only believe how do we get overtaken by faith instead of fear in 2 corinthians 4:13, we have this verse we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore I have spoken. We have also believed and therefore speak. So what Paul is actually saying here is the written word leads us to faith. Once we have established that this is the truth of God, then we're able to believe and when we can believe, we can speak it out. And that's going to be our future role, speaking out the words of faith the written and recorded word of God. If we truly believe, then our speaking has to line up with our believing. The Apostle Paul is quoting David in Psalm 116, verse 10, where he said, I believed and therefore I have spoken. There can be no doubt that David had a spirit of faith. This man killed a giant with a slingshot and one stone. He killed a lion a bear and more than 10,000 Philistines. This is a record of a man of faith. You can do the impossible through faith because we have a God of the impossible. There's even a Bible verse that says, with God, nothing is impossible. And he spoke those words uh, at the, uh, when the angel spoke to Mary about the coming birth of Christ. However, we see that even David had to overcome the spirit of fear in his life. Note that it is, was, was necessary that a man of such faith even had to overcome fear. And that's the, the operative word. We need to overcome fear. No one is exempt from this awful, foul spirit of fear that, if allowed, robs us of every bit of faith and joy that we have. David wrote in Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, 
and delivered me from a little bit of my fears just passing. No, all. He delivered him from all his fears. And that's the promise that we can also accept and believe. And also in Psalm 27, verses 1 to 5, this is what David wrote. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host would encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And there's another beautiful verse in Colossians 3 where it says, And you are hid in God in Christ Jesus. That's the secret place that God takes us to to protect us. David had a spirit of faith, but he still had to overcome the enemy fear. He refused to allow fear to become part of his life. He realised that fear not only opens up the door to the devil, it will also paralyse you from moving with God's plan for your life. David speaking up, lined up with his believing. He was confident in the Lord's ability to see him through and he closed the door on fear. In order to get rid of fear, we must replace the fear with faith. We must also believe in Jesus and trust him implicitly. We need to rely on the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit of God in our life to keep us in tune with him. Do not fear, only believe. It's impossible to have faith and fear at the same time. The two are simply incompatible. In Mark 5, when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, she was healed. Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. If her faith made her whole, then why do you think it's any different today? Your faith will make you whole. At the time the woman was healed, Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, to pray for his daughter who was dying. When Jesus told the woman, your faith made you whole, Jairus' servants came from his house saying, don't trouble Jesus any longer, your daughter's already dead. When Jesus heard them say this to Jairus, he spoke some crucial words to them. Fear not only believe fear not only believe no other words were spoken just don't fear just believe there is always contention between fear and faith at that moment Jairus could have believed the bad news of his servants got overwhelmed by fear and gave up on his miracle but Jesus said let me tell you what to do in this situation Fear not, only believe. 
This is absolutely amazing. Jairus chose to believe the Lord's words and not man's. The daughter being dead was real and it was an accurate report. But he would not believe it because the word of Jesus said something different. And that's the crucial thing. The word of Jesus said something different. Some of you may have received some bad news recently. You have now to choose what words you're going to believe. And you might well say, well, that's easy for you, Russell. You don't really understand. Oh, I do understand, perhaps not as fully as you would like me to. You are letting the spirit of fear control you because you are worrying about the outcome. If Jesus says something in his word, it can be trusted. To choose to believe his words, not man's, fear not, only believe. There is only one option, no matter what the circumstances, and that option is believing in what Jesus says. Now, fear has several equally obnoxious companions or relatives. Doubt, anxiety, stress and worry. All these human emotions stem from the root of fear. Be assured, it's impossible to have the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear at the same time. When you have a spirit of faith, you cannot have a spirit of fear. When you are walking in faith, there's no room for fear. That means there is no room for doubt, there's no room for anxiety, there's no room for stress, there's no room for worry. And I hope you're listening, Russell. If you want to be rid of the stress and worry in your life, then you have to rebuke the spirit of fear because fear is at the root of every bit of it. Fear comes from the devil, not from God. Fear never comes from God. The devil is a master of tactics using fear and deceit. He is always trying to undermine the word of God. There will be a fight in the worst of your circumstances. I'm not saying that it's easy. It is a fight. But you must make up your mind that you will win because your trust is in him and not in yourself. There comes a moment in every person's life when they must choose if they're going to be full of fear or believe God. Jesus spoke to Jairus right in the middle of this dreadful crisis and gave him a word. Jesus will give you a word right in the middle of your crisis too. He knows what others are telling you. He knows the doubts that are flooding your mind and the way that the devil is attacking you. Jesus hears and sees what is going on in your life right now, this very morning. He is interrupting you in his saying, I'd like to interrupt the fear and doubt and give you a word from heaven. Fear not, only believe. Can we accept that? Because it's in the scripture, yes. That is the word that he has for you today. Fear not, only believe. Don't let fear rule your life any longer. Make a choice to believe. Take, home of Rome, take hold of Romans 12 2, which says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable 
and perfect will of God. And I'd like to add, in your life. Jairus' relatives and friends were already planning his daughter's funeral when Jesus told them, get out, it's not over. She's not dead, she's just sleeping. The devil is trying to convince you, some of you this morning, that it's over. But Jesus is saying, it's not over. It has just been delayed by a little bit. Jesus is on the inside of you and we need to take the authority that he has given us and begin to rebuke the spirit of fear out of our lives. Jesus is getting ready to breathe new life into some dead things. Jesus said to fear not to Jairus and he's telling you the same. Stop doubting, stop the anxiety, put your trust in Jesus he will see you through in the power of his Holy Spirit. Remember the promise of Jesus as stated in Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Hear this, people of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's signed, love Jesus. If you're struggling with the spirit of fear in your life, then here is a prayer that can, you can pray to take back control of the situation in the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit. It is the same power that healed the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus' daughter, and it works for our good because it's God's promise to us. If you would like, and hopefully you can see that, I'm going to pray through this prayer, and I would invite you to pray this prayer along with me. Now also, I have some handouts, and these handouts also include the uh, biblical references to each of these promises of God. So you're welcome to come and get one of these after the service. So let's pray. Lord God, your word says that when we seek your face, you will hear me and deliver me from all my fears so I can cast down every anxious thought that rises up against what I know about you and your power. I stand on the promise that you will never leave me or forsake me. I rest in the truth that nothing is too hard for you. I rejoice in the assurance that you have already given your angels responsibility for keeping and protecting me in all my ways. I resist the spirit of fear and command it to flee in the name of Jesus. By faith I decree that your peace, which passes human understanding, will guard my heart and mind. Therefore, I will not let my heart be troubled or afraid. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen.